you're going to have to forgive me because this is episode 73 of Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. That is not what you need to forgive me for. I am a bit rusty and I'm in a new location where I'm trying to keep my voice down because it's closer in proximity to people that I don't want to be curious about what I'm doing <laughs> than, uh, than my previous um, studios, which I explained what happened to my studios before. It's also been probably like 10 days since I wrote, no, seven or something like that, maybe 10 days since my last podcast. It sounds like I'm saying, Father, it's been three weeks since my last confession. If you're Catholic, you say that to priests, you tell them how long it's been. For me, it's probably been like 20 years. So that is what I have to apologize for. I don't have to apologize to anyone, okay? Get out of my face with that. I'm choosing to apologize because uh, I'm a little rusty. <laughs> I'm a little rusty. It sounds like I'm referring to myself as a small dog. What do I cover in this one? More of the same, guys. You know, it's it's talking about mental sanity and uh, how we deal with the new reality of life and how we continue to stay transparent to negative emotion. And then I meander around with some stories and such, and who knows? I think it's pretty good. It is definitely episode 73, and it's going to come at you right after this uh, this little jingle. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. It has been some time since I've recorded one of these, and that is because my studio is gone. <laughs> My two studios, actually. I had a studio in the back house here, which is kind of like a guest house. And uh, I'll get to why that's not available in a second. And then my second studio was in the workshop where we have like, a, well, you know, like um, a tools and, and crafts and woodwork, stuff like that, a workshop there in that basement. And both of those are unavailable to me right now. So I have not had an opportunity to do this show in over a week. Why is my back area, uh, that little back house taken? This is the place that I did the episode with the birds. That is not available to me because right now, living in that place is an aspiring clown who's homeless, who worked with Cirque du Soleil until he was recently let go due to this pandemic. And uh, he's elderly, so he's a usher at Cirque du Soleil who usually lives with the circus when they're performing. And my mother-in-law took pity on him and was like, well... He'd be homeless, and so he's living in the back area. And so if you don't currently have a out-of-work, elderly, aspiring circus clown, consider yourself luckier than me. Fortunately, I don't have to interact with him, but it still bothers my mind <laughs> because it's uh, it's a minor inconvenience, and it's weird, but uh, everything goes on. How are you? I'll give you a second answer. I hesitated to even do this show because I thought, in my egoic fear that no one's listening to this because most of the people I know who did listen to this listen to it on their commute and commutes have been drastically diminished. Like that Alanis Morissette song that some of it was ironic. Um, I was told by my teacher in high school, Mr. Fox, that that song was not actually that ironic, but I don't know. Anyway, I was going to say there's a bit of irony in the world right now because the freeways are... Uh, completely open in Los Angeles, and gas is cheap, <laughs> and we can't go anywhere. So no traffic and cheap gas, and uh, there's nothing we can do. That'll be in Alanis's next song. But other than Homeless Clowns and Alanis Morissette, I have managed to stay pretty busy. Um, it's going to start raining soon, and it's going to be raining for about five or six days, but since it rained last, June and I have been working in the backyard, 
we have a tiered backyard that goes up into a hill and we dug out one of the lower tiers, which I've been wanting to do for a while. And it exposed all these natural rocks uh, that we're going to turn into kind of like a auditorium style stadium seating situation. It's going to look like ideally, and it already does. But once we start doing benches and stuff like that, it's going to kind of look like Big Thunder Mountain, like the line at Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland. So that's been good. Uh, I haven't been working out as much, which is a, a little, you know, it presses in my head because I judge myself and I think I'm not as strong as I used to be. I'll look at pictures of myself from like even January and I'll be like, oh, what happened? You wuss. Look how strong you were. I'm good at adapting. For instance, in this whole situation, I'm not been driven crazy. I haven't had any desire to have Zoom meetings with people I never see or uh, conference calls, which seems to be something that was missing in all the movies about the apocalypse is they didn't tell you that as it's happening, everyone would have this sudden desire to get in touch with you, even though they didn't see you before. And so I'll rant about Zoom meetings for a second. I put on Facebook, uh, I don't know, a week ago or something like that, maybe longer ago. I don't want to do Zoom meetings because I left the corporate world. And one of the reasons I cited for leaving the corporate world is because I hated having meetings about meetings. Now all of a sudden people want to recreationally have meetings where you're looking at someone. And the other thing that I find strange about Zoom meetings is that, have you ever needed to see a person's face to do a conference call? When I worked as an independent contractor with a lot of companies, one of them was this nightlife company, they had Zoom meetings all the time. And I said, can't we just do this on a conference call? And they're like, oh, okay. And they asked like the other 10 people and they all agreed with me, but no one wanted to say anything. I don't see the point in it. I'm gesturing right now, okay? (laughs) And so I like to use my hands. When I make a phone call, I put in my headset and I work around the house. I don't want to just sit still in front of a monitor. The other reason I'm ranting about Zoom meetings is because, I've, and by the way, not a sponsor. I should say that. Not even a little bit of a sponsor. Not that I'd even have them if they were. Of course I would. So Zoom, happy to have you if you come over. Don't come over, you can't. There's a pandemic. But if you get in touch with me, which will never happen, uh, happy to make you a sponsor. But currently, not a sponsor. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, I find this part very interesting. The people who want to have Zoom meetings are people who I saw two or three times a year. And that situation was fine with all parties involved. So they didn't want to see me any more than they were before. And I, as you know, was perfectly fine with the situation we had. And now they want to switch it up and have this like weekly visual conversation that is meaningless, right? I mean, these people also put their kids on it. And oh my God, if I was on a Zoom meeting and someone put their kid on, I'd hang up so quick. I'd like to do something more dramatic, but what could I do? I mean, really, it's just turning it off. Now I am having some Zoom meetings. Have I said that enough? This show should be called Zoom meetings. I have been having some online visual meetings, not to use the company's specific name, uh, for school, which is fine. You know, that's a necessary evil. It's also okay because there's information being conveyed that benefits from the visual aspect. Okay, that's conference calls on your computer and my utter dislike for them. And I'm sure, just like the last time I cited that I didn't like this on Facebook, people still come out of the woodwork to ask me to be on them, which has happened this week, even though they should have known from Facebook. Number two is group texts. My family went crazy with group texts right after this happened. I mean, The day they stopped working, or maybe even days before they stopped working, they started texting pictures of them walking, 
I mean, I feel like throwing garbage away, non-exotic pigeons, uh, erotic pigeons, but not exotic pigeons, and, and just all this super pedestrian stuff. And how is this going? How's that going? And I told them, basically, don't blow your wad early. You know, this is going to be a long haul, so don't start just thinking that you're going to have this continuous communication the whole time. And what are you going to do? Talk five to six times a day? I should mention that there's like 30 people on this text, right? So I early wanted to be removed from this text. And uh, and then I was from one text chain. They started another one and accidentally included me. So they were trying to get off of one to exclude me from it. And uh, they included me again. So now there are three live text chains on my phone. One of them, uh, I mentioned that uh, as they were talking about all the things that are going on in their life, I said, make sure and keep in your thoughts. These are a praying bunch of people because they're Catholics. Um, my brother, Stephen, who has to go to work every day at Trader Joe's and is exposed to this in a far, <laughs> in a far, <laughs> what was that, in a uh, much larger sense than any of the other members of the family, um, except for the ones who are doctors. But here's the difference. If you're a doctor, you chose to be in that profession and you chose to be exposed to these illnesses. Does that mean that you are less noble? Absolutely not. But you went to medical school and you have the training and you have the knowledge. Stephen, my brother, went into management at Trader Joe's with no expectation of it being life-threatening in the way it is right now. So I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I'm just saying one had the, uh, the previous knowledge and the other one didn't. My brother just kind of falling into it. One of his co-workers said not too long ago when they are having to hold up these lines and keep people from coming in and they still didn't have masks and gloves. He's like, I didn't sign up to be a soldier. So that gives you an idea of where they were. These are just people who liked the job for different reasons but didn't sign up for this. So I said, let's keep him in our thoughts, right? And one of my aunts said, she just went off and made it all about her. She started talking about her life, her situation, prayers for her, for her family. And I got mad and I blew up and I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't mention you. And then I was the bigger person as usual, not physically in this case, but uh, I apologized and made up a whole reason how I was just concerned for my brother and, you know, mended any fences, even though I don't think anyone was that offended. But my initial reaction was to snap because I thought it was very selfish, very self-centered. But then later, when I actually got to think, I'm like, yes, it was all those things. But me snapping back at it, what did that do of benefit to the situation? And one of the reasons I responded the next day with a very kind, very polite, overly apologetic text was because I thought, how would I explain that to my show? How would I explain that to my audience? How would I tell my audience that my anger at this person's reaction to me asking people to think about my brother and her making it about herself, which was, it was blatant. She does this all the time. But uh, how would that have benefited anyone? And how can I explain to my listeners that I was justified? And then the other question would be from you, Jet, why would you even have to tell us? I can't keep secrets from you guys. I wish I could, but I can't. So that's why. So that was kind of a cool thing. But ever since then, I've just been trying to avoid these texts. Right now, there's a huge feud going on on a text stream that should have been dead um, that they stopped using a little while ago between one of my cousins and my uncle and another one of my cousins, which is really funny because uh, my cousin in this situation is asking not to be involved in this text because he feels it is straining his psyche, citing that he or other people on the text stream could uh, be affected in their mental health capacity. And then my uncle basically is saying, well, toughen up. You know, this is one of those things that we're all being affected by, but you can't hide your head, and sometimes fear is good. 
this is another case of what I said in the previous episode where it's the same uncle, by the way, that I mentioned when I was talking about that text thread on Facebook. I don't know, it was a couple episodes ago. It's two people yelling in a hallway in two different languages and not understanding why the other person isn't phased. Their frequencies are so different that no matter what words they say, the other person's not listening and they don't see that. But I'd like to address both of these situations. First, my, um, not even millennial, my cousin who is a, uh, I guess he's Gen Z. I had a text I was ready to send on this stream where these two are going back and forth. And what it would have said would have been, and I already told my cousin to listen to the show. He's probably not going to, so whatever. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's fine. There's a little irritation in that because he claims he needs help. He claims he's had situations like I have, but I tell him that there's this resource and he doesn't listen. Such is the way of life. It's okay. Well, my cousin's whole MO is to get them to stop texting on this stream and go to another one. And my uncle's like, just ignore it. My uncle's right in that sense. When you go to therapy, and I went to, I'm always kind of muddy on how many years, but it was over 12 or 13 years. When I went to therapy that long, one of the first things you learn is that you cannot change the world. The world is as it is. And this epidemic, pandemic, catastrophe, or opportunity, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it, is not going to be altered by you to a great degree. Even if you're a heroic nurse and you save the lives of 20 people, this is still larger than you, right? So you can't control that just like my cousin should not try and control the text thread. He can ignore it. He can set himself up to not take in this stimulus, but he can't control the world. And what he's trying to do is control the world around him to cater to his issue. And then one of my cousins, a girl cousin of mine, my oldest girl cousin, she was trying to sympathize and empathize with my younger cousin, trying to explain it to my uncle. But I disagree with that. I think that the best thing, it's, you know, it's a a teach a person to fish, they can eat for a lifetime. If it's fish, they're trying to eat. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Kind of a concept, right? My cousin must learn, the youngest one, the one who has a problem with this thread, he must learn that even if this thread exists, just ignore it trying to take that emotional effort to get it to stop or trying to insulate yourself, which is something I see a lot with a lot of young people, but even older folks who want to be treated special. And right now, and in the last five years, that has been a huge movement in the country. Treat me special, but treat me the same. I want you to look at me as special, but I want you to treat me as equal. Those are mutually exclusive. You can't be special and equal. Do you understand that? You can't be treated special and expect to be equal. You're either special or you're equal. So in this case, and my recommendation to anyone is, you can control what you do, and you can control what comes into your mind. I said that on two podcasts ago. I don't watch any news. I don't look at any news on Facebook or Instagram, and if I need information, it usually comes from my wife because she can handle this better. I haven't had TV for 12 years, so I'm definitely not just watching news on a, on a uh, regular basis. The argument against that, a long time ago that people would say to me, and still even now, is you're not informed. Dude, you get informed. Trust me, people are going to tell you what's going on, even if you live like a hermit, in my case, you know, you find out through osmosis, it always ends up getting you the most important stuff. But the rest of it is minutia. And half of it right now is absolute BS. It's just misinformation to get clicks. But I've gone over that long enough. My point about my young cousin is this, and he's like 24, 25. 
put it this way. The behavior he is exerting is one that will never work. You can't go around the world or start a bunch of groups on Facebook or start a bunch of groups in real life to try and get people to treat you special. You may have a little bit of a flare-up. There may even be people who clap for you. But the only defense you can ever have against your mental sanity or fighting for that is being able to equip yourself to not let it affect you. Because tomorrow's going to come, and six months ago no one could have seen this pandemic and being locked up in your house as a tomorrow. But the reason I'm not negatively affected by this is because I was prepared. Because I become transparent to the emotions that would go through me if I hadn't done this. This is a thing that's going on. Now I do different things at home instead of doing stuff outside. They are different. I didn't title them as worse. I've shifted my energy so that I gain satisfaction and productivity through new activities that I didn't do before as much, so that's just being malleable. I think that being transparent to negative emotion is universally good, right? And that's positive emotion too. If you feel great about something or proud about something, feel it, but let it go. Any emotion we try and hold on to is going to end up being toxic at some point. Because if it's a good one, when that good is gone, weeks later, days later, hours later, you have that hangover. I remember when I was a kid, if one day I went to Disneyland, the next day sucked because <laughs> it wasn't Disneyland, right? So knowing that I'm at Disneyland, enjoy Disneyland, that is the moment that I am in. And then when Disneyland is over, no more. I had a poem I made up when I was a child. And uh, Chris Coy could back me up on this because he was around when I made it up. And it may be one of the most powerful pieces of wisdom I'll ever put in such a short little package. And it goes like this. Tomorrow is tomorrow, today is today. If you think of them both, you'll go insane. So think of today and only today, and think of tomorrow, tomorrow all day. And uh, Chris reminds me of that sometimes. But there it is. Tomorrow is tomorrow, and today is today. It sounds like that a cookie is a cookie and a loo is a loo. Both are tasty, but one is too good to be a cookie, so they call it a loo. Please don't call it a cookie. Oh my god, is that the same... Is that the same beats? Tomorrow's tomorrow, today's today. If you think of them both, you go insane. So think of today and only today and think of tomorrow, tomorrow, all day. I made that poem to the beat of the cookie is a cookie thing. Um, Lou cookies, whatever those are, they're also not a sponsor. But to get back to the, the, wow, that's funny that I just realized that. To get back to the weight of that cookie thing <laughs> that I made up is that today we have to think of today and then tomorrow we can think of that all day tomorrow which is a lot of wisdom in there, especially for a kid. Being moment-focused is all we have. And you'd have to read, maybe not, maybe that blew your mind and you'll forever be in the moment and have enlightenment. Most of you don't think that's going to be the case. I've read countless books about this subject and uh, try and practice it every day. But here's the good thing about trying to practice it. And I was listening to uh, Eckhart again, Eckhart Tolle, another one of his books. And every time I realize that I'm out of the moment, that is good, because that means I am now putting my focus back on the moment. So instead of saying, I'm out of the moment, I hate myself for being out of the moment, just realize that because you realized you are not in the moment, you're now becoming moment-focused again, and that's positive. It's finding all those positive things you're doing in your life right now that is going to keep you from going insane. As I said in my poem that sounds a lot like a cookie commercial, <laughs> I empathize. 
and I sympathize with everyone and what they're going through. And for some of you, this may be very difficult. However, inside of that difficulty, like inside of a noisy environment, there is silence. There are pockets of silence. Inside of the difficulty in your life right now, find and grab those moments that are unique, that are special to this period on earth right now, and do something good with it. Even if it's learning something you didn't before, or just keeping a journal. This is something that people will write about 100 years from now, and for the next 100 years, and you're experiencing it. And if you're younger or my age, it's something that you'll tell your grandchildren about. Oh yes, back in my day, there was this thing, you couldn't even go to the store. Get the information from the CDC, maybe you sign up for their texts or tweets or whatever. Your governor or mayor are going to disseminate the information you need. But the rest of it is opinion. And how much of the opinion is positive? None. To little. Why? Because you've learned from this show that negativity puts you in a buying mood. And if nothing else, negativity keeps you watching. It's that old joke of regular um, news. Like, I don't know what they call that. Local news, right? They would tease you going into the commercial. Okay, well, that's a adorable teddy bear dog. Coming up next, the drinking water you may be drinking right now could kill you. Find out how after this. That's a hook. They call it a hook because like a hook in a fish's mouth, uh, fish or fishes, double fish in a fish mouth. Fish mouth doesn't sound right. Like a hook in a fish mouth. <laughs> like a hook in a fish mouth, they've hooked you. Like nicotine or anything else. Don't let yourself become a victim of that. Keep your sanity. Prioritize according to what will make you your most well mentally. Because, as I said in episode 72, if you are doing okay, if you are doing well, as I have been, I get to be that light, that beacon for other people who are having trouble. A friend of mine had a family member die in Florida. And because of this disease, she had to watch his funeral instead of going there. Uh, one of these digital platforms, it wasn't the one that will not be named, but one of these digital streaming platforms, she had to watch it from there. And she talked to me. And I sent this long explanation of how she could cope with it and how things are and what funerals are like and what kind of advice I gave in the funerals that I've been to. But she was able to reach out to me and I was able to be a rock. And the reason for that is that I have maintained my mental state. And if I hadn't, imagine if that girl had reached out to me for help and I had been as broken up as her or the people around her. I shouldn't say she was broken up, but if she came to me and I was paranoid or scared and I fed her with that, what would I be doing? I'd be doing her a disservice and everyone who comes in contact with her who has been in a third degree infected by my fear. So if you do the opposite... If you post only positive things, if you, when you talk to people, remind people of all the good that's going on, remind people of the opportunity that's going on right now, getting to read that book you never read, getting to watch, even if it's just streaming TV, getting to watch all those shows you never watched. Lord knows I do that. <laughs> it's a guilty pleasure, but I do it. 
You don't have to write the kind of screenplays I'm writing. I'm up to page 70 on one and uh, 41 or 42 on another. And I'm going to keep writing. I've written two. I almost have, I have these two. Well, yeah, I just told you the pages. So not halfway done, but I'm getting closer. Plus I'm going to school. Plus I'm doing this landscaping and I'm working out. Now I get frustrated. I have all the same things that happen to you, but I become transparent to that and let it flow through me. It doesn't always work out as peacefully and as wonderfully as I'd like, but because I've done this enough, I realize when I've erred. And just like when I snapped at my aunt, almost said her name, when I snapped at my aunt, even though it wasn't mean, it was just like, sorry I didn't mention you, I was worried about my brother. Sorry I didn't mention you in kind of a condescending way. I don't know how you read that it was condescending in text, but I sent along apology because in the moment I was worried about my brother and I thought this was offensive as I explained before and I had a knee-jerk reaction after that I changed it so even if you're in that same place if you snap at your husband you snap at your wife you snap at your children you snap at your parents that's okay we're in a very unique situation try not to but if you do don't feel guilty just immediately apologize and if it's not immediate if it's after this do it after this there's a huge lesson in that. And maybe being confined in a space with a bunch of people that you love but don't know that well, maybe this is an opportunity to exercise that patience, if nothing else. Hell, that's something that'll serve you more than playing guitar. Most often, you know, unless you're like, I almost said Lenny Kravitz, but I don't mean Lenny Kravitz. Like Slash? Yeah, Slash is a good guitar player. Lenny Kravitz is probably a fine guitar player. I shouldn't take anything away from him. He also has those giant scarfs that are very funny. If you search Lenny Kravitz scarfs, if you want to laugh, Lenny Kravitz scarf, enjoy. But Slash is what I'm thinking about. In that November Rain music video that happened in the 90s, from what I understand, being that I'm 30, maybe I don't understand that, but uh, his guitar solo is amazing. I'm not a big music guy, but Slash's guitar solo is great. So unless you're Slash... Learning patience could be more valuable than even learning an instrument. And I could talk about all the stuff that's going on on Earth. Not all of it. That would take too long. Or I could specifically speak to the pandemic. But I think everything I've said today could probably be of more value. And I hope so, because it's what I said. (laughs) So with that in mind, go practice that patience. Go be the lighthouse I told you about last time of positivity. And hang in there, because you're going to be okay. And I'll talk to you next time. I'm Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy. Thanks a lot for listening.